Should pale death with treble dread make the Olsian caves our bed, God who hears the surges roll deign to save the suppliant soul. Hell yeah, man. Cheers to that. Wait, what does it mean? Still tastes of the egg. Oh, no. I'll find some chark in ye, lad. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Psych Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Alex Swan, and in this episode, this little uh, end of the year Christmas ditty, I suppose, uh, we are going to explore something a little bit different, a sort of a, a, a end of the year little difference party with the other episodes that I've been doing. So, in this episode, I'm going to revisit a film that I watched for a watch party for my birthday back in May 2020. And in it in interspersed with some clips of this movie, I'm going to um uh use some stuff from uh, a stream that I did on the topic and the watch party. So what film am I talking about? What what, what film is this? Um, <laughs> it was a film that came out uh, at sort of at the end of last year, the beginning of this year. I'm not entirely sure. I think it does have a 2019 marker. It's, it's the film The Lighthouse. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to... I'm just this 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 one's just going to be an exploration of the film, its meaning interspersed with some of my reactions from that watch party uh intermixed with some of the uh, key some of the key scenes from the film. So that's my little uh, intro and so I'm going to let me take it away from here. Please enjoy this uh mixture of audio about the film The Lighthouse. Take it away, me. Okay, so one of the things is uh, that I wanted to mention with this film before we get started, or as it goes, is that there's not a lot of dialogue. Um, The dialogue between Willem Dafoe and um, Robert Pattinson... It's pretty stilted. Um, They're caretakers of this lighthouse, and it appears that they're going to be there for four weeks. Entire film's in black and white, and um, yeah, we get to watch two men descend into a bit of psychosis, a bit of madness, if you will, as is the parlance for it. How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? 
Where are we? Help me to recollect. Who are you again, Tommy? I'm probably a figment of your imagination. This rock is a figment of your imagination, too. You're probably wandering through a grove of Tigalders up north in Canada, like a frostbitten maniac talking to yourself. Need even snow. Okay, so the lighthouse came out at the end of last year, so November 2019. So it's been out for about a year now. Um, it's on. It's oh, it's actually still available on Prime because I'm looking at IMDb right now, and um, it does say that it is it is still available. So it was written and directed by Robert Eggers and uh, his brother Max Eggers also wrote it. And it's really a two-person show. It's it's a two-person uh movie. It's not anything it's not anything wild, you know. Isolation, yeah, solitary confinement. Exactly. Uh, so it stars Robert Pattinson as Ephraim Winslow. That's the name given to him at the very beginning of the uh, film. But it turns out his name is actually Thomas Howard. And that's what Robert Pattinson is, is uh, billed as. So I might go back and forth between Tommy and Ephraim uh, because... It's it's uh it's actually kind of hard to to know uh, who we're talking about here and who's forming this the, who's forming this narrative. Um, and then Willem Dafoe in I gotta tell you a really good performance, a really good performance, and it's a tragedy that he was not nominated for something at the beginning of this year. I don't know if they had missed the boat on um if they had missed the boat on like award season or something like that and maybe it'll be at the beginning of this year and like but oh my god, he's so good. Anyways, he plays um Thomas Wake. Now, the movie is about these two guys. One of them is a new wiki. 
And uh, that's Robert Pattinson. He's a young guy. He's a new wiki. And then the uh, Willem Dafoe, Thomas Wake, he plays the old wiki. Now, what are wikis? Wikis are lighthouse keepers. That's a fun name for a lighthouse keeper, I guess. And um, if you're familiar with uh, life in New England uh, around the turn of the, the century, if you're not familiar, then I'll tell you. Um, Lighthouse keeping was a very, uh, what what do I want to call it? It was a very sad, lonely job, right? Um, and you got you get the sense that it's not for everyone. And when there is a big problem, like a storm, this is going to end up being a very bad day for everyone, right? So, in this in in this way, um, in this way, you can imagine that the solitude and the weirdness of the job and the superstition surrounding all sorts of marine life uh is is going to be challenging for these for these people especially a new one why ask you why what's the terrible part of a sailor's life ask you lad is when the work stops when you're twixt wind and water doldrums doldrums, eviler than the devil. Boredom makes men to villains, and the water goes quick, lad. Vanished. The only medicine is drink. Keeps them sailors happy. Keeps them agreeable. Keeps them calm. Keeps them... Stupid. Curse me if there ain't an old tar spirit somewhere in your lad. Out with it, lad. Mm-hmm. What uh what made your last keeper leave? Him, be second. Mm-hmm. Died. Went mad, he did. Raving about sirens, merfolk, bad omens, and the like. In the end, weren't no more sense left in him than an ant's tooth. He believed that there was some enchantment in the light. He notioned that St. Elmo had cast the very fire into it. Salvation, said he. Seabird. Mortal tales. Bad luck to kill a seabird.
I mean, no mind, lad. None. Fix us up some coffee. Long night ahead. You know, he killed that seagull, right? So superstition, he killed the seagull. Now everything bad that happens is going to be viewed through that lens. He knows. He knows he done goofed. And now everything is gonna be viewed through that superstitious lens. Even if he doesn't believe in it, there is enough there. Do they live at the lighthouse at all times? They do indeed live at the lighthouse at all times. Uh, you, you basically, one person is awake all night hand, handling the, the actual light of the lighthouse, the, the searchlight, of course. Um, and then the other one is awake during the day. So you sort of, you sort of switch back and forth. Uh, so one person's awake and one person's asleep and the person who is awake during the day does pretty much does handle all of the chores. Um, and they sort of meet at dinner time and breakfast time. And that's, and that's the switch. Uh, now sometimes the older wiki, uh, Willem Dafoe is, uh, awake during the day and it's just, I guess his sleep cycle or whatever. Uh, and then they sort of. They sort of cross over at night before one goes to bed and then the other one goes up to the lighthouse to manage the light. And there's just a, a, a there's just an interesting set of dynamics there, right? Because you're home, home, you're you're by yourself all day. And we get the story from Robert Pattinson's um, Winslow character. Uh, we get his part of the narrative. And so are we are we subjected to a narrative that's unreliable? First and foremost, yes. Now, one of the major themes of this movie is that uh it's in black and white and the music constantly fills you with a sense of dread. But it, it's also, what are the effects of isolation? What are the effects of psychosis? What are the effects of just drinking every day? Drinking yourself into a blackout stupor every day. What are the effects of losing perspective on time? What are the effects of spending an inordinate amount of time with another person of the same sex? When there are needs, of course, needs, yeah. So <laughs> these guys are on this isolated island. So if I was going to be 
stranded somewhere, I would I would keep a journal. You know, put every day in that journal. Forest, they saw when we shoved off. On the fortnight, the bosun was shaken. He's chopped up tighter than an anchor. Cut your tongue again! I can't hear no more! What were it you accused me of? He already told me you had me figured. I'm tired of your damn fool yarns and your Captain Ahab horse. You sound like a goddamn parody. Giving and nagging orders like a like a spinster school mom when all the while giving the station and this deck is all wrong. Yourself. Well, it's all horseshit. Your leg and your sea life. All of it. And if I hear one more word of horseshit coming out of your foul, rotten tooth, smelly old mouth. You Shut your I finished yet! You think you're so goddamn high and mighty just because you're a goddamn lighthouse keeper? Well, you ain't a captain of no ship, and you never was. You ain't no general. You ain't no copper. You, you ain't the president, and you ain't my father. And I'm sick of you acting like you is. I'm sick of you laughing, snoring, and your goddamn farts. you goddamn farts. Smell like piss. Smell like jism. Like rotten dick. Like like curdled foreskin. Like hot onions fucked a farmyard shithouse. And I'm, I'm sick of your smell. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, you goddamn drunk, you goddamn no account, son of a bitch, bastard liar. That's what you are. You're goddamn drunken, horse shitting, short shit liar. A liar! You have a way with words, Tommy. Oh, damn you! You're relieved of your duties. <laughs> no need to tell me, old timer. And first and foremost, when you are isolated and there is lots of research that supports this, um, if you are by yourself, you will begin to hallucinate. 
Um, and those hallucinations might lead to delusions, false beliefs. And if you're combining this with alcohol, you might have alcohol-induced psychosis. In addition to the psychosis that is being brought on by isolation. It's wild. Now, this film is called A Psychological Horror because we don't know if Winslow's account is real or not. We don't actually know any of that. Uh, It's very difficult to actually put a pinpoint on when when something's real and versus when something's not. We obviously get uh, thoughts of that. We, we, we get shots of that, I suppose. With um, Ephraim Winslow, Rob Pattinson, believing that he is being summoned by a mermaid or he believes that uh, um, Wake is a sea monster of some sort. And this psychosis, yeah. It, it yeah, it's uh similar to sleep deprivation for sure. Um because I mean it's all it's it's all similar mechanisms in what what comes out of hallucinations and beliefs. It's all similar mechanisms. Um we can only uh keep hold of of re- uh, of of anod objective reality so much and so when you start losing your grip on that yeah uh, the effects become much the same so you start to uh, uh, hallucinate because we crave the company of others and they're not getting that especially when they get in fights with each other they're not getting that socialness okay They're not getting their necessary doses of oxytocin, okay? It's, uns- it's, it's an unsettling feeling when you're watching other people just have significant interpersonal issues. Especially when you're being told you can't enter the lantern. Here, have some drink. And, of course, it's basically moonshine. It's pure alcohol, basically. Right? And and (laughs) what are you going to do? What are you supposed to do? It's wild. I I, I thought this movie was, um, was, was really good. If a little silly, I will say I believe it was a little silly. Because, for one thing, I think Willem Dafoe's character could have been a little nicer to the new guy. He could have been a little nicer. Hey, listener. Thanks for sticking around this episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Anyway, I need your help in growing this podcast's audience. In past episodes, I've asked you to share this podcast with five of your friends. Let's keep doing that. Share this podcast on social media 
especially if you really liked an episode, share that episode. Tell five of your friends or family if they have an interest in film or psychology, or even better, both. Growing the audience is our goal for the second year of programming, and so we need your help to get that done. Other ways to contribute to the podcast include tips to our PayPal, found on our website, becoming a patron at patreon.com slash cinemapsychpod, rocking some sweet merch from our Spreadshirt shop, and or leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Now back to the show. Now, one of the other things that I thought was interesting in this movie that I'd read when trying to figure it all out was um, the underlying homoeroticism of the movie. So, in the movie, one of the hallucinations, of course, that I just mentioned was mermaids from Efren Winslow's perspective. So, Legends of Mermaids was that mermaids were actually manatees and men out at sea were hallucinating that the manatees look like mermaids. And they were always beautiful women in the, and you've seen mermaids all over the place. The Little Mermaid, Pirates of the Caribbean, which I thought <coughs> was a really interesting take. On mermaids. I like the Pirates of the Caribbean take on mermaids. The logical consistency of mermaids. Yeah, it was fantastical, of course, but so was Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, obviously we're not... We're not uh, talking about real life here. And when you think about mermaids, you're obviously... I mean, obviously, unless you're like, I'm going to go sing with them. Some Disney, some Disney mermaids. Um, But if you're if you're talking about mermaids, then it's probably has to do with some sort of lust, if infatuation, etc. Like there's no. There's really no uh, two ways about what that means thematically. Right. So. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character is horny. Who wouldn't be? And he, and it's it's entirely possible that um, Willem Dafoe's character is also horny. How how else does a loner guy like that? you know, handle his, uh, handle his more base desires, right? There is a, there is a scene in the movie where, uh, um, Robert Pattinson, R. Pats, is looking up at the, um, up looking, looking up at the lighthouse, you know, it's after dark. And, uh, he looks up and he sees Willem Dafoe's character, what he thinks is naked and just being 
uh, I don't know, being uh, given a hand job by a uh, sea creature, something like that. So some sort of emaspatory thing, probably. And then they get in fights, and then they drink, and they laugh, and then they, there's just uh, interesting backs, back and forths between the two of them. It's hard not to think that these two guys were... Um, these two guys were, you know, having some... Having some sex. What? 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 If I had a steak, I would fuck it. You don't like me cooking? Oh, don't be such an old bitch! You're drunk! You don't know what you're talking! How can I possibly like the horse shit you fix us for supper? You're drunk! I, you won't be saying that. In the kitchen shanty cooks. It was fried donuts three you're times drunk. a day. You're Country drunk. Country hand bigger you're than your drunk. Food. I'm drunk. I'm you heard me. You'd be drunk. Damn ye. Drunk since I first laid eyes on you. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? Drunker than a Virginia fence. I seen it. You're fond of me lobster. Say it. Say it. Say it! I don't have to say nothing. Damn you! Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Bellow! Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury! Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime. To choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with bilge and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells with slithering tentacle tail and steaming beer take up his fell befinned arm. His coral tine trident screeches banshee-like in the tempest and plunges like through your gullet, bursting ye, a bulging bladder no more, 
but a blasted bloody film now a nothing for the RPs and the souls of dead sailors to pick and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff or part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. I did not. I did not have any sex with that woman. <laughs> and I'll just mention one more one more other thing briefly with this, and that is um, when uh, our Pats is finally fed up with Wake's old wiki ways that they get into a big massive fight and when um, he's on top, when Arpats is on top, punching down at Willem Dafoe, punching down, he magically morphs into a mermaid and just starts holding on to his hands very seductive, or his head, face very seductively, you know? And then Willem Dafoe turns into an angry sea creature and starts wrapping himself his his uh his neck with a tentacle and he's punching him and he's finally like, Oh, what are you doing? You're killing me. And it's just like, what? What? I'm not spoiling a damn thing for you. I, I There is no way I could possibly spoil this movie at all. There's no way. Uh, because most of it is ambiguous. So I could start this podcast episode with um, spoiler alert. But I honestly don't think... I honestly don't think. Because you'll go into it. You'll go into it and be like, uh, and that, that Dr. Swan, he told me... Uh, or he mentioned something about delusions and psychosis and sea creatures and getting jerked off. But it really has nothing to do with the story. There's there's very there's very little. There's one thing that I will will not say, but I will leave in the podcast. So I'll leave it off now. So going back to what I was saying about the homoerotic nature of the the uh, movie is the relationship between these two guys and whether or not they are doing things in their blackout drunken states. You see them night after night after night, and we don't know how long they're in this lighthouse home. We don't know. You see them night after night, drinking alcohol, getting very merry. There's actually one funny scene where they... um, start dancing and they're like dancing and they're going woo yeah this is amazing and then they get into a fight and it's wonderful uh like a true married couple right sometimes it's the other way around with married couples they get into a fight and then they then they're having fun like that's fun 
I like that. So I've, I, I have some thoughts. I've, I've, I've processed a little bit. I've processed a little bit. So I, I think that Tommy, Robert Pattinson, um, felt guilty about what he did to Ephraim Winslow. Anyways, here's the psychosis. This is a man who is not connected to reality anymore at all. Okay. Guy, he's got the hallucinations, the mood swings. It's all part of it, too. He's got the combination with the alcohol. The hallucinations are auditory and physical. He's got delusions. The delusions are really powerful. The delusions are, I think, probably the most important part here. Because it has to do with how he views Tom. You know, they're here. They're here jumping around, dancing and... They're both super drunk. I really like this filmmaking uh, technique where we do this transition between madness and reality. So, or what I think is madness and reality. 
have a feeling the foghorn sound effect is not real. The foghorn, the siren, the seagulls. I mean, I guess the seagulls are real, but him feeling the seagulls are onto him somehow. I think that's not real. Uh, he felt guilty about um, doing the doing that thing to Ephraim Winslow, and so he wanted to get as far away from that as possible. He came across the ad about um, being a lighthouse keeper. Uh, farther out it is, thousand bucks, whatever it was, and so he's like, "Good, I can get away from all of that. I can get away from it." Perfect. Love it. Gonna ha gonna 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 uh gonna do that. That's what I want to do, right? So he goes and then he he meets obviously he meets Tom the lighthouse keeper, the wiki. I love that. I love that phrase. And he's immediately like just taken in by the oddness of the situation, just like the monotony of it, the drinking, the charm, the the superstitions about the seagull, the seagull that actually um, was taunting him, all of that. I'm thinking that it just it just got to him. But the catalyst, I think, for a psychosis, a lot of psychosis does begin with a tra traumatic event. Um, so, the traumatic event being um, letting the logs fall on uh, the real Ephraim Winslow and, and feeling very guilty about that. And so, you know, and then buying into all the lore about mermaids and, and um, you know, the alcohol being a compounding factor, all of that stuff. I think contributed to um, his hallucinations, of course. Um, now, I'm still at, I, I'm still, I don't know. I'm still confused by the end. I'm still confused by the end. What was, what was in that lighthouse beacon? Uh, what was in the light? I don't know. I'm going to have to, before I put this episode together for the podcast, I'm going to have to, like, read about people's experiences with this or, like, what Eggers had to say about it uh, because I, I'm i lost about the beginning. I, I mean, I can imagine that he ran out of food and when we see him getting eaten by the seagulls right at the very end, um, that's probably, like, starvation moment for him, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so. Yeah, all in all, though, it was a very enjoyable film. Filmmaking was amazing. Um, you have to be a really good filmmaker to shoot that kind of stuff in black and white, because most of the scenes were at night. Most of the scenes were at night inside lit by. Um, oil lamps, right? It's a 
that's excellent filmmaking right there. Um, if you compare that sort of rugged black and white to and, and just like lit with stuff in the scenes as opposed to black and white features before colorization was the thing in the early 20th century where like things were lit all over the place like they are now. But. But. um, it, it, I mean, you get it, you get a, a much different feel from it, and I think it's a, it was it really well done. And the transfer from scene to scene and the characterization changes from scene to scene. Oh, magnifique. I don't know who was I don't know who was. The mad one. It's all just a figment of his madness. I got it had to be. It had to be. Now, the company who runs this lighthouse would I would have to I would have to guess that <laughs> they um, are probably screwed having two deaths. Somebody's got to be like the lighthouse hasn't been lit for a couple of days now, a couple of nights now. What's going on with that? That's weird. So I would definitely use this movie uh, in class if I wanted to show the effects of isolation, psychosis, unreliable narrators, all sorts of different things. Like it, it is, it is, uh, and the filmmaking is really good as well. The use of black and white, the way that the um the way that the Eggers used lighting and music, the whole thing just sets you up for a sense of dread everywhere. And um it's uh it's it's an unsettling uh, it's an unsettling film. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for uh coming along with me on this weird uh journey. Uh the journey as weird as potentially the entire film. I hope you enjoy the film too if you do decide to watch it. Uh It's fantastic. Anyways, until the next episode. Thanks for listening.